This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Friday, June 30th, 2023, and I'm in my Portland, Maine studio where it's smoky, foggy, hazy, misty, you name it, it's gray. But it is the beginning of July right around the corner, so summertime has to be coming, right? I mean, it's just, we have to have summer someday. I'm confident we'll have a summer day soon. And until then, let's just keep focusing on the news because who can turn their heads away? The Supreme Court hitting these unbelievably big cases out of the park in the final days of this year's term. Uh, I haven't read them all. I've certainly read the headlines. And I guess my words of advice to all the white liberals who are, I don't know, sobbing about the affirmative action case is just take a deep breath and and let's see what let's see what happens. Uh, Lots going on in the world with Russia. Lots going on, obviously, in the state with the legislature. So many close votes, very, very, very close votes. Janet Mills' veto of the uh, tribal sovereignty bill is big news today. We'll see if that veto is overridden by a bipartisan majority. It's going to be a little bit difficult to bring together two-thirds of the House and Senate uh, after these blistering battles over abortion and transgender uh, puberty blockers for minors and gun rights and all these hot button issues that are being fought up in Augusta in our you know, long, long, long into the middle of the night debates. So those people who have been fighting like that are now expected to come together and override a veto. We'll see, it could happen. In Cape Elizabeth, it was a big week for me. On the 26th, I had the opportunity to present to the Housing Diversity Study Committee the concept of community housing for the specific purpose of having it be included in the survey that the committee's doing and hopefully thereafter uh, being included in recommendations of ideas for the town council to continue to either study or support. And, And for anyone who's been following the issue, just to get on the agenda was a battle. And in preparation for the meeting, uh, in response to the challenge of one particularly vocal opponent of community housing who said, I don't know, a thousand times that my, uh, you know, my burden was to put meat on the bones. That's what the term uh, was. I, I, I had to put meat on the bones, put meat on the bones of community housing. And as someone who's like for the most part a vegetarian, I took up that challenge and uh, and so maybe they you know maybe she thought that come June 26th I would be you know handing out a, a slider uh, and instead served up what can only be described as either I don't know filet mignon uh, it was a ribeye uh, y- y- your best meat was put forth at the meeting on the 26th including mostly an interview with the leading financial expert when it comes to lending money for affordable housing projects. And the reason why that person was interviewed, I interviewed John Egan from the Genesis Fund because John Egan himself had been identified by this committee and this committee challenged me to show that community housing is financially feasible. So not only did I interview him and ask him very direct questions about hypothetically if affordable housing was built on 10 acres of publicly owned land known as Goldcrest and the citizens of the Cape Elizabeth built the road, 
are these programs available to build the kinds of housing that we want? He said, yes, there are all kinds of programs. And not only that, but he thinks it's a really good idea and there are unprecedented resources. So now is the time to do it. That's essentially what this interview said. And so that's the interview I sent to the committee as meat, you know, like meat on the bones. And then to make it more presentable at the public forum on the 26th, I had a a former Cape Elizabeth High School graduate by the name of Rosie Stevens put together this fabulous short film on community housing showing additional evidence of its feasibility, namely that it's walkable from the high school because I walk to it uh, from the high school in the film, that it's not like right next door to the landfill or the recycling center, that there's vast acreage of beautiful land right across from Colonial Village where we exist now an affordable housing development that everybody likes so it the meat on the bones was the video that was widely received however when it was shown at the meeting the volume you can't even hear it when when you rebroadcast it so the video and the egan interview were the meeting materials it's the information that this ad hoc public committee is going to consider when it decides whether it's going to include community housing the concept that i presented affordable housing on 10 acres of Gullcrest whether community housing is going to be on the survey that goes out to the public, and it's also the information that this committee is going to consider when it decides whether or not it includes community housing as a recommendation to the town council. So, you know, it's it's information that a public committee has been presented in a public forum and it will consider. So it's, it's definitely information that the public has a right to know. And so all the other meetings of this committee have included the meeting materials for the public to access on the on the web page. You just go to the web page and you click the the you know, the meeting materials link that's associated with the date of the meeting that you're interested in and everything is there. You can read all the emails, you can read access all the information, with the exception of June twenty sixth, which is the meeting that I was at when I presented this interview and uh, this and this video, and not only that, but on public television, I specifically say for people who are interested in the full interview with John Egan, you can go to the website because that's where you'll find it. So as of today, it's still not there, and I, it's just, it's just stunning to me that that whoever is making this decision, perhaps to give the benefit of the doubt, maybe because the town offices are closed on Friday and it's close to the holiday weekend that maybe it's just not on the website because someone didn't put it there yet, but I have a hard time believing that. And I think instead that there's some belief that maybe, maybe the chair of the committee just doesn't think he needs to put it up there, that maybe there's some fight going on among committee members as to whether or not I have a right to have it up there. And, and they totally missed the point. And, and so many liberals to just totally miss the point of what the First Amendment means and what the Freedom of Information Act means. It doesn't mean that you can pick and choose what information the public has access to. If the committee members asked for this information, I gave it to them, they considered it, the public has a right to know it, and they need to put it on the website. That's just, you know, and, and you know, they asked for this meat. So I put meat on the bones, they need to put the meat on the website. But what's so interesting to me is the reason, the only possible reason, that there is this staunch opposition by just two committee members to this, to to just even having the public know about community housing. There's two committee members who are just doing everything they can to prevent community housing from succeeding. And these two committee members are the ones who are so closely aligned with Dunham Court. 
And so it's just election denial. It, it's, 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 it's no different than saying that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. <laughs> you know, they want to hold me responsible for the fact that Dunham Court didn't happen. When I wrote a petition, and then it was circulated by volunteers and then signed by 10% of registered Cape voters within 20 days without a dollar being spent. And then the question went out to the voters in one of the highest you know, turnout elections we had. And it lost. Like, they, they lost the election. And, and, and I'm sorry that they can't accept that, but, but that's, that's just a fact. And so not only that, but they were the ones who were so passionate about the Dunham Court project, which was low-income housing, unlike community housing, which is low and or moderate income housing on town-owned land, and so therefore it'll be much more higher quality because we don't have to absorb through the developer the expenses associated with acquiring the land and building the infrastructure. All this is not just my opinion. This is the opinion backed up by the expert that this committee first retained themselves. And, and, and the galling thing is that None of the committee members had even watched the interview. I sent them the full interview with the expert to show financial feasibility, which is what my burden was. And none of them even took the time to watch it in advance of the meeting. Hopefully some of them by now watched it. Then during the presentation, one of the big opponents of community housing, who happens to work for the city of Portland in a housing capacity, program manager of some sort, she, she didn't even watch it. She, she didn't even, according to a reliable source, this committee member just didn't even watch the video. She was too busy getting ready for what she thought was going to be a blistering cross-examination of me, which turned out to be a complete dud. Because, you know, it, this isn't about Dunham Court. Community housing is about doing affordable housing on public land, using financial programs that are readily available, and it's, it's doable because it's legally feasible, it's, there's zoning that allows it. It's financially feasible because the contribution of the land would be a huge component. Also, building a road using municipal, municipal bonds is a very creative and good way to finance infrastructure and very economically you know, conservative. It's, it's a good way to spend money on projects and the benefits not only to the town but to the bondholders. Municipal bonds are a very attractive thing. People in Cape Elizabeth understand the language of municipal bonds and will <laughs> and the the thing is most importantly that this project would go out to a public referendum so this housing diversity study committee members who are doing everything they can to prevent community housing are just no different than the people who say Donald Trump won the election they're election deniers they can't accept that Dunham Court lost and they can't stand the idea that someone else has put forth a proposal that might be better and that might win and, and, you know, they keep trying to offer up alternatives, but if you want to achieve something politically, you have to have an idea that's well enough defined so that people can come together around it and support it. So the idea is not whether it's three and a half acres or six acres. The idea is simple. Community housing. Build affordable housing development on 10 acres of Gullcrest, you know, so people know. we're not. Maybe we'll use less, but if they agree to 10, then they agree to 10. If they agree to 10, they agree to 7 and 6. 10 acres, and we build the road. It's a, it's a simple concept. There's meat on the bones, and what that meat needs to do is get on that website. So if you're a Cape Elizabeth person, I hope you'll weigh in to the Housing Diversity Study Committee and tell them you want to see the video 
about community housing. It's called Imagine Community Housing because it is what the committee should be deciding, uh, should be basing their decision on. And you want to see the interview with John Egan. So, you know, that's what's happening in Cape Elizabeth. And the other thing that's happening, which is minor, is I did break up with the Cape Pod Facebook page, as I put on my own Facebook page. And I just wanted to quickly say why. Uh, you know, unlike a government body or even a committee, like, you know, the Housing Diversity Study Committee, they can't treat me differently than they treat everyone else who comes before them. They can't put all the meeting, meeting materials from all the other meetings on the agenda, you know, on the website and not put up the meeting materials that I presented. That, like, there's a First Amendment right the public has to those meeting materials because they were considered by the committee and there's no reason to keep them private. And there's a right for me to be treated the same. But that's because we're dealing with the government and the constitutional rights to you know, fair treatment only apply to the government. So when it comes to these five you know, private Facebook groups, sure, they can censor. They can uh, be a cesspool of cancel culture. That's their prerogative. But um, I opted out because it's just a complete double standard when it comes to these issues. And the Cape Pod Facebook page for listeners who aren't exclusive enough to be a member of is for residents only, and you have to pass a certain test, the criteria of which is unknown to me, that somehow these administrators who handle and created the Facebook page, who, so, so therefore have, a, I guess, a right to manage it any way they want, they, they are the referees and the judge, and it was decided, like, immediately, that I am somebody who is persona non grata, and it's absolute fair game for all of the Facebook pod members <laughs> to just unleash all of their vitriol against me without really any any comment or any filter whatsoever. So I, I was publicly accused of lying uh, by the, the chair of the Housing Diversity Study Committee before he was in that capacity, you know, referred to me as a troll. <laughs> this couple, this so-called power couple, from Portland, Oregon, a doctor and a lawyer. The, the woman is just hysterical and lobbying reckless accusations against me for... It, it, but the tone of, of her and everyone who is in sync with the views of the Facebook page it, go without, without question. So as long as you're aligned with the side of the issue, the hot-button topics, whether it's the school budget whether it's this housing issue, you know, if you're on one side, then you can be as passionate as you want and as angry as you want. But if you're on the other side, if you're in the minority, then then the, there's different rules that apply. And so the double standard that was applied to me is just unacceptable. So I, I, I'm out of there and, uh, you know, good luck to them. For instance, if I posted a, a you know, a podcast about this issue. Now, you know, whether you agree with me or not, I have an idea that's being considered by the Housing Diversity Study Committee, and there's a feasibility test outstanding right now because the town council voted unanimously to do it on creating housing. So there's information about an issue that's very important to the town. If I post a link, the Facebook administrators don't let people comment or they don't let me post the link. They, they just sometimes let people comment, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they let me post stuff, sometimes they don't. If someone posts an article about how the schools are dealing with the transgender bathroom, it's fair game. If somebody posts something, uh, their own service for service dogs, 
that that's fair game. But if I post something, it's not fair game. The housing issue, they can't handle the facts about community housing. Falsehoods just keep being repeated on that Facebook page allowed willy-nilly. For instance, the fact that is not a fact, <laughs> that's just constantly passed around like a hot potato, is the following. Quote, Cape Elizabeth hasn't had any affordable housing in 50 years, close quote. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you seen that on the Cape Pod Facebook page? It's not true. <laughs> you know, it's just not true. And it's so easy to disprove it that it just, it stuns me that that, that that statement is allowed to just keep recycling and recycling and recycling and used in attacks against me when it's not true. We have a zoning ordinance that requires either 5 or 10% of all new development to include affordable housing. And guess what? Like that has been enforced since, it, you know, so every single development has between 5 and 10% of affordable housing units and you know but that doesn't really the facts don't really matter when it comes to the Kate Vod Facebook page it's just all about really whose side are you on and so I um, I said goodbye I broke up with them but I want you to please continue to follow the issue here on keep up with Cynthia Dill as well as go to my website syndicatemedia.net where there's some columns and some videos the link to the video, it's called Imagine Community Housing, is also on YouTube. But if you go to Syndicate Media and click on videos and links, uh, columns and videos rather, you'll you'll see it. Um, take a look. And hopefully uh, on the Cape Elizabeth Town website at the Housing Diversity Study Committee page, you will find on the meeting materials for the June 26th meeting, or maybe elsewhere, somewhere on the page, the interview with John Egan about the financial feasibility of community housing. And the, and the short film called Imagine Community Housing that shows the location, the walkability of it, and, and a lot of other uh, things that make it um, practically uh, feasible and just a good idea. So uh, stay tuned, stay dry, and until next time, this is Cynthia Dill signing off. Take care.